we have a special treat for you today. Paul McElary, the world's greatest kitchen designer, talks with Ed Sausage, kitchen designer to the stars. So welcome to Better Call Paul. Today we have a special podcast. I'm going to talk to Ed Sasek, one of the designers at Mainline Kitchen Design and the one that I've worked with the longest. Ed and I have worked on and off for 27, 28 years. Welcome, Ed, to Better Call Paul. Thank you. So uh, we first met, I think that we figured out it was 27, 27 and a half years ago. Yep. At one of the f- first Home Depots in our area. Yep. And, you know, I would tell listeners, too, that uh, back in the day, you know, 27 years ago, 28 years ago, Home Depot was a very different place. Very good. Very good place to get kitchens good, at that time. It was a good company to work for. If you went to the plumbing department and you asked somebody for help, you probably Absolutely. were talking to a master plumber. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the salaries for the designers at Home Depot haven't really even changed very much in 27 years. Yeah. It, it, it's it, funny you said that. They're like Mike Mazzucca. I remember Mike was our measure down at Home Depot when we first started there. And he was the one who taught me measuring. Because I never went out on measures like really for groceries once in a blue moon. He was a master plumber that just didn't want to get on his knees and do the plumbing anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were paying him like 30 bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. To work in the plumbing department and go out and do measures for kitchens every once in a while. Yeah, and that's probably what the average kitchen designer makes right now at a Home Depot. That's how much they've devalued it. And I know both you and I, after we left, we left that Home Depot, we both ended up at Lowe's where, let's say it's 24 years ago, right, whatever, whatever. but you know, Doug Mottershead, one of the designers there, he was making 90-something thousand dollars a year as a kitchen designer, like $95,000 a year. He was the highest paid kitchen designer in all of Lowe's, but that's only because he was the highest selling kitchen designer in all of the Home Depots before he came to Lowe's. But all of us, you know, I know I was making back then 68, 69,000. Oh, I was making more than that. And yeah. I was working Monday through Friday, eight to five. Right. So, and, you know, this is all doesn't exist anymore. So it was a different, it was a different time where, you know, they had real designers back. Yeah. Then. They had real designers. And, but still, most, I think most of our goals were to spend some time at Home Depot and then to eventually get to a, a more prestigious showroom, or at least that Absolutely. was my goal. Absolutely. But coming from Home Depot wasn't, it was a good reference on your kitchen design resume. Well, it was funny because when getting back to what you were talking about, when you started there, I remember that perfectly. You were walking the back aisle towards the kitchen department, and you and I ran into each other. You told me, who you were, and we started talking for a little bit, and like within the first 10 minutes, I was like, wow, this guy's really, this is what we need. And I think it was, I forget the store manager, they called me into the office though. They asked me about you, and I said, yeah, and I said, he's the missing link. That's the term I <laughs> Not knowing how true that term was. 
said he's the missing link. He's what we need in this department. I said, we, you know, he carries a lot of experience. He was a contractor. He knows basic design already. I mean, it's, you know, and from there, it just, it just went on and on and on. We just. Yeah. I mean, we, we set all kinds of records. You and I went at, oh in our God. travels at the different places we worked at that, uh, you know, we would, wouldn't be working at the same company for a while. Then we'd be suddenly working at the same company. And every time we were together, we'd set some kind of, if it was a Home Depot, we'd set national records. If it was a Lowe's, we'd set national records. If it was a private company, we were always doing way better than the competition. So, and now, you know, we get to work together. And it, as people may notice, if they go to your profile on our website, you coined the phrase, you you called us Batman and Robin. Yep. Uh, and of course, if you ask either one of us, we will both claim to be Batman. But uh, <laughs> I remember it's funny. One time you had a customer that called you up directly from online. Asked who I was through they were talking to, Batman and Robin. <laughs> I think I remember you responded, well, wait till I design your kitchen and then you tell me. Yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, I thought one of the fun things we could do on a, on this podcast, because I know that we've both been doing this for so long, but you've had more interesting customers because you're a much more gregarious and friendly person than I am. So, you seems know, to be the seems to be a popular opinion, huh? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's very true. I mean, you know, my claim to fame a lot of the times in some of the places we worked at was making the train sort of run on time. But you knew everybody in every place we worked at. You knew all their backstories. That's why you always ended up sometimes getting the, you know, a lot of famous customers because, you know, you're friendly. They would be comfortable with you. So I thought we'd sort of talk about some of the famous well, we, people you work with because yeah, I know sure. it's some funny stories. It, it, it is. It's true. What you said is true. But a lot of that has to do my my career, Paul, in the last 30 years, all I continually do, and you know this, from ups and downs, trials and tribulations we had with this company even. You know, I'm constantly working on myself. And I always have been. And, you know, being vigorous and talkative and not always a good thing, as we both know. But, um, <laughs> but it was part of who I became once I started getting into retail. I'll, I'll use that word. I don't like that word for kitchens, but it's retail. And talking to people and getting to know people, I always tried to find a connection. Even to this day, when I go to a person's house, I walk up the driveway, I look at the bumper stickers on the car, they might have a flag hanging that I can make a connection to. So when I go in, we have something we can talk about other than their kitchen. Mark is looking forward to editing this podcast. Mark is our podcast engineer yeah. and also our delivery manager. But he tells me as the delivery manager that you know, it's not even close that your customers are the ones that talk about you and talk about how much they like you the most. That so you really generate a, you really generate a, a a personal touch with your customers. But tell That's us nice about hear. Uh, let's hear the story. Uh, the, so the, first, the first famous person I ever worked with, I was in the business for literally two months, three months. And Frank Jurassi cut my apron strings. He says, I got an appointment for you. He goes, you're going to like this one. And I said, really? He goes, yep. And he goes, 
they came in and my the first time he came in, my jaw just dropped. Like it was Brooke Shields <laughs> and her father Frank. To explain Brooke Shields' beauty, it's not even comprehensible how beautiful she was. And her father was a really nice guy. What was you said? I think you told me once that she was in Princeton. That she was a graduate student. Or she something. was a Princeton in, in graduate school in the '86. I think she graduated '87. I'm not sure about that, but well, maybe undergrad. He, he wanted to redo the apartment because she was getting the ready to graduate next the following year. I met her that time, but I worked with him the whole time. It was weird because I remember being like starstruck. But after a while, it just started getting to be easy. Um, they just, they're just regular people. They're just really regular people. And when we went to Depot, I think you'll remember when me and Florence lost our baby, right? You remember that? Yeah. Well, they put me in the phone center. My first big sale at the phone center, two big sales was Ringling Brothers for over a hundred and some thousand dollars of material. And then Will Smith's father. <laughs> well, he came in with Jazzy Jeff. They were doing that that condo down on the river. So they needed kitchen also on, on top of redoing the whole floor. So it was over $150,000 worth of material that just landed in my lap. And the store manager at the time was like, well, I want you to work with them on the kitchen too. I said, all right, that's fine, you know. Yeah, that was that was those South Philly. Yeah, that was ninety seven. Then we went to when we went to Plymouth. I was flabbergasted by having any famous people walk through that store. Right, you know is that and, where uh, I, I know you you designed Charles Barkley's kitchen. Charles Barkley's condo. Him and his wife Marie they live in uh in a condo in Gladwin on the off season. They like to stay in Philadelphia and then. Uh, when the basketball season starts, they live out in Arizona. And he's, we both run into him. He's a sort of a local celebrity in the, in oh our, my God. The area. He is the funniest, he is the funniest guy in the world. Yeah. I have, I work with his wife most of the time, but I'm in his condo at one time. Here he comes through the door and I'm looking at his coffee table, which has glass over it, has all his awards and pictures. And he has a ring from when he played for the Houston Rockets. And went to the championship. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, I see you're admiring my, my trophy case. I said, yeah, I love that loser ring you got in there. I said, it's almost as big as the winner's ring, huh? And he goes, you're cold, man. <laughs> you're cold. He goes, I guess you're a big Sixers fan. I said, yeah. I said, I love that picture when they retired your number. I said, that went right, back, right next to Speedy Claxton's retirement number, did it? <laughs> he goes, Jesus Christ. He goes, I said, Dad, I said, you're always one of my favorites. I said, you don't remember me. And I started telling him about that story. I told him about the golf tour. And he remembered right away. He started telling me the story after that. Well, but, well tell um, that story. We were at a golf tour. This is what I had my restaurant. And even when I had my restaurant, I was still doing kitchen designs on the side by hand because that's how I learned, doing it with the scale. And I would make a couple hundred hours of design just to make ends meet. And I did a, a golf tournament at uh, Commonwealth in Hatboro. And it was a celebrity tournament. Howard Esker was there, Michael Jordan, because he's best friends with him, Charles Barkley. So I guess Barkley got him to come. And we catered the uh, lunch. 
and the after after golf. So we had a buffet out of everything. And I'm watching this little kid the whole time during the lunch. There's kids all over trying to get autographs and they just couldn't stop it. You know what I mean? They they, they had to wait till everybody got out and they got the kids out. But this one little kid was just had to tell him like, well, Jordan gear wouldn't bother him. Just was real nice. And I was like, wow, a kid didn't even ask for an autograph. So we're cleaning up the end of the day. And there's the kid again. He goes, Mr. Jordan, can I please have an autograph? And then Michael Jordan's like, no, no autographs. I just got to play a whole. And I'm not going to use the language I use, but I was like, yeah, dude, that's pretty effing. You know, this kid wearing about a thousand dollars worth of your stuff right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I said, you wait until the end of the day to get your autograph. He says, I don't have to sign every autograph. I said, No, I agree with you. If he if you have a dinner with your wife and he came up, no, you don't you don't owe him an autograph, but yeah, you, know, you are Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? You're not like some third rate player. And Barkley well, got in between us and stuff. And it wasn't <laughs> like we were gonna throw down or nothing. I would just get elevated, you know. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know that I know that Charles is so good with fans. I have a funny story about oh about him. One of the restaurants that my wife and I love going to that's local is also one of Charles's favorites. Uh, it's called Ryan Christopher's. Yeah, you told me you told and we used that. to have we used to have our office lunches at Ryan Christopher's when yeah. they did lunch. Ryan Christopher's is a BYOB, and for people that don't know what a BYOB is, that's bring your own bottle. So they don't serve alcohol there. You have to bring your own wine or, you know, whatever you're drinking with you uh, to the restaurant. So my wife and I were sitting on their outside veranda or whatever by the fence. And here comes down the block, comes walking Charles Barkley. And he has his bottle with him. And did you say it was like a bottle of Patron or something? I don't know. (laughs) But coming in the other direction is a mom and two little kids walking down the block. And they meet, and when they meet, they meet essentially just when Charles is standing essentially over the fence on the sidewalk across from my wife and I are sitting on the other side of the fence in the restaurant. And so the the mother says to the boys, she says, "Um, oh, my goodness, this is Mr. Charles Barkley. Mr. Barkley, would you say hello to, you know, David and Frank or whatever the kids' names were? And Charles Barkley smiles. And he just immediately reaches over the fence and hands my wife the bottle of alcohol that he's carrying, right? And then he kneels down and he talks to the kids and he's so good with them and everything else. He's great. And then he he's walks great. around, comes into the front of the restaurant, walks back through the porch area or whatever, and comes back to our table to get the bottle that he gave my wife. Once I ran into him at a, on a golf course where we were put with his for, his created a foursome, him and I think another sixer player. And this is probably 30 years ago or something. Yeah. And and it was playing golf with him for his was just hilarious because he is such oh, a yeah, he's he's he then he was really bad. Like <laughs> now he's just bad. Then he was really bad. Well, he and was still I, better than me. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, back then, no, you you weren't that bad back then. He was bad, man. You you remember wrong because when I played golf, we both played golf, and we both were we would go, we would be lucky, I think, to be in the nineties. If we oh, ever, why did the day I got married, you played with me? I hit a one fifteen. Right, so we were that was we the worst round I ever had. So right, we were both we were both terrible. Yeah, right? Barkley, now you're a great golfer. So now yeah, Barkley that was like a one seventy five. Well, he was not. He was not any worse. He was no. He was not much better. Than, he was not much worse than I was. That's for sure. Yeah, he said to me because I was breaking the stones about golfing, and he said to me, "I said, 
What did you hit today? 180? And he said, I'm trying to get it to my weight. <laughs> so uh yeah, he's a good guy. That Plymouth meeting store, man, I'll tell you what, that that store had some they had a lot of celebrities come through there. I I had a chance to work with David Morse, the actor. He he played in that show Hack, that local show where he it was, was also a, in uh what was the thing with Jody Foster? Uh he was in a lot of movies, negotiator. Uh, the thing about the life from outer space or whatever. I can't remember. Oh, contact. Contact. He, he was he was the father in contact. Yep. He was yep. the father in contact. He was in the, the negotiator with Kevin Spacey. That was yeah. a great movie. It's He's a great actor. Oh, amazing actor. And unassuming. Paul, if you met him in Lowe's, you never even know he was an actor. He dresses worse than me, Paul. <laughs> like seriously he'll come in like ripped sweatpants a hat down over his eye not over his eyes but like not trying to hide who he is he's just a very unassuming person he lives locally always has lived locally Terrence Howard was another one the guy that plays an empire worked with him uh, me and Johnny worked with uh, Patty LaBelle oh wow Johnny did the kitchen, and I did the expediting on that. That's and project manager on that. Stan Hockman, a local uh, celebrity who's big in the sports. He passed away a couple of years ago. Did his kitchen right over in Wynwood. A lot of the people, too, a lot of the celebrities can be because the main line, right in the middle of the main line is Villanova. And that's the practice yeah. facility for the or was for a long time, the practice facility for the Sixers. And so a lot of Sixers basketball players would live in that area. If you worked on the main line or anywhere close to the main line, you'd get a lot of Sixers um, yeah. well, you know, customers. Paul, how about Bluebell? Bluebell also a lot of athletes. Merrill Reese quoted his kitchen up there, did his neighbors, and then we quoted his kitchen, and we never got it but because, <laughs> he, because he moved. But uh, Ryan Howard lives right in that same development where Merrill Reese lives. It's interesting. I know, uh, you know, one of my design pet peeves is that, or I shouldn't say pet peeves since we just did a whole uh, podcast on pet peeves. Well, one of my design things that I'm constantly trying to dissuade customers from doing is people want to customize things. They want, like, if they're short, they want to lower the, the wall cabinets down. Mm. Um, if they're tall, they want to raise the base cabinets up. And the problems when you do these things is that, you know, if you raise the wall cabinets down because you're short, yeah, the wall cabinets can be a little bit more accessible to you, but then your coffee maker and your toaster oven and everything else don't really work. Um, you don't really have enough space to, to pour, to put something inside the blender if it's over the countertop. If you raise your base cabinets up, well, you can't really do that because your, your range, your stove, your dishwasher, all the, there's so many things, uh, appliances and parts of your kitchen that are really designed to be that universal height that you'd have so many complications with doing these things that people don't realize. I mean, I worked with Samuel D'Alembert once, who was a pleasure to work with, and he's seven feet tall. No, you worked not Samuel D'Alembert. Yep. You worked with Matumbo. No, it was Samuel D'Alembert. Not Wasn't it? it yeah, it was Samuel D'Alembert. Yeah, yeah. No, not Matumbo. I think Matumbo is very funny, but it was. Well, I got I got Matumbo with Plymouth Meeting. I oh okay, because he told me he was a kitchen technology first. No, I worked I worked with uh, Samuel Downbear. So he uh, said, "Oh, okay." Samuel Downbear was probably the, the only 
person. He was seven feet tall. So he's the only one that I, you know, even considered. I, I even asked him, do you want to maybe raise your wall cabinets up a little bit or, you know, do something right. to accommodate, you know, your height? And he said, right. he's a funny guy. He said, uh, you know, he said, no, I'm used to living in your little people's world. So <laughs> if you if you change something, he goes, and besides that, I want my kitchen to be amazing. And I want it to be for the woman I haven't met yet. I said, right. and, she, and she's not going to be an, an unusual giant. <laughs> right. So, you know, he was a, a very sensible, but I know... Uh, you know, that's that funny, same thing. That's funny you brought that up because when we were talking about Barkley, all right, let's go back to that for a second. So when I was working with Marie, their kitchen in, in Glen uh, Gladwin, it's just a galley kitchen. It's a nice size galley, but it's a galley kitchen because it's in a condo. And she's tall. She's like 5'10 herself. So he's, she said to me, is there any way we could raise these cabinets up a little bit? I, I said, I've done it one time before. Where you could build them up, you could build a platform underneath them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a unique situation. But even with the Sixers, Jan Peterson, who was the owner of one of our competitors now, Peterson's Kitchens, which is a good company, but uh, she's no longer there. Peterson's Kitchens is right next to Villanova, which she would get the most basketball players. And so they're all tall. And she would dissuade the basketball players from raising up their cabinets by saying, you're going to destroy resale value and, you know, you might be traded next year. <laughs> so, right. but yeah, so I, I mean, we, I think we've uh, talked about some of the, the more famous people that we both know and have. I think being a kitchen designer, you know, you get to meet all these different people. You get to. It's the best part of the job, the stories. And again, that's something I, I share with my clients too when I go out. I literally have clients ask me in the past, have you ever worked with any famous people? Oh, really? I don't oh, yeah. know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my my wife's cousin, Priscilla, owns a Parisian hair salon right in Wayne on Lancaster Avenue and South Wayne Avenue. And she gets a lot of famous people who come in there. I mean, Jay Wright is one of them. Oh, sure. Right. And that's one of the things, like, I, I'm giving her a stack of cards. I'm probably going to go see her today. And giving her a stack of cards, and she's going to refer me to her clients. Well, maybe you, know? you get some more. You get some more. Well, that's what I'm saying. And <laughs> I do the same thing when I when I work at Villanova. I might comment like, you know, oh yeah, my cousin's place is right up the street here. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it works both ways. But uh, yeah, it's 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 something that's fun to talk about. It's definitely fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always, the thing I I like to is whether people are famous or they're not famous. When you renovate and change somebody's kitchen, a lot of times you're, you're, you can be changing their lives, making their lives a little bit, a little bit better, uh, a little bit more organized. You're making their time with their family sometimes better because they'll be proud of the space that people are now coming over their house to sit in and to enjoy. So you know, it, it's part of the reason that I, you know, I, I think we both love our profession, right? You know what I love about my job? I love when people say to me, I can really tell you love what you do. Mm-hmm. And I hear that. I do hear that quite often. I can really tell you love what you do. Because the last thing I do when I leave their house is I give them my cards. And I say, here's some of my cards. Like I was telling you, if you go to the places we recommend, you get our discounts, blah, blah, blah. And I say, now I work for you now. 
You could call me anytime, night or day. I don't care if I don't pick up, leave a message. But I, if you pick, call me at 10, good chance you're going to get me because I'm watching the game. So, and people say to me, I can really tell you love what I do, what you do. I say, I do. I love the stories. I love the connections that I made during this job. And you know the funny thing, Paul? The more famous the people, the less they complain. Oh, yeah. they, they don't that's, that's totally true. That's totally true. A lot of the, it's a lot of times the the people that it you know, just goes. It right, goes right. I know. That's very true. Like glass, man. Like glass. Who is the kitchen designer that made themselves the most accessible to their customers that you and I both know? Modishhead. I would say Ray. Ah, well, Ray was like, giving his cell phone number out to customers. Because that's where I got it from. <laughs> I got what I do from Ray Gardner. Right. That's and why I tell people, you can call me anytime. I work for you now. I'm going to be with you till the last screw goes in your cabinet. Yeah. You know? So you can call me. If you can't get Juliet, you can't get the port, you call me. Just call mm-hmm. me, you know? I mean, Ray was... Uh, he was great. He was he, such a great designer. And, you know, for those of us, for those of you, uh, you know, listening to the podcast, Ray was one of our designers that passed away. He had to retire uh, for health reasons and passed away in 2020 during the first wave of COVID. He was a fun guy and, and a very good designer. See, he was stories. he was the best storyteller. <laughs> He was just an amazing, amazing. Well, my wife Julie would say that the thing that that we really the, Ray was a, down at at heart was really a softy. Oh my god! Yeah. He was over our house. The thing that always touched me the most was uh, just how much he would really love watching the hummingbirds that were in our backyard and outside of our house. I mean, he would just marvel over it. We went out my front door. Ten minutes later, I might see him still standing there looking at hummingbirds. He loved the animals. His dog was his everything to him. There was nothing. I remember when his dog got diabetes. I said, what are you going to do? Because his dog was old. His dog was probably like 10 years old when he got the diabetes. Me, I'm thinking you're going to put him down, right? Dude, he was paying like $1,000 a month for his dog's <laughs> diabetic medicine. Yeah. Administering it. He was just, he was a good guy, man. He was a really good guy. All right. I think uh, at least we made ourselves a little bit more human, maybe a little <laughs> bit too much human we for our it. podcast listeners. But uh, that was sort of the goal of this podcast to humanize us a little bit. I think we accomplished that. You know, it was great talking to you, Ed. And, and yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun. I will say one thing. Being a kitchen designer has gotten way better now with Zoom that – you know, we have to work so much less nights and weekends oh, yeah, than we used to and not even have to go into the office. We can be working now, you know, probably two thirds or what, at least two thirds of our appointments are, aren't in the office anymore. They're, I love it, man. I love I mean, people call me at eight o'clock at night. They're like, they want to they want to talk about their design. I'm like, well, give me two seconds. I'll jump on. I'll call you right back. We'll do a Zoom real quick. Yeah, I mean, Zoom has just made our lives so much more convenient and more convenient for customers. And it's so funny. It existed, you know, before COVID. But if it hadn't been for COVID, we would never have ever. I would have never known what it was. We would never have thought that transitioning to be in two-thirds Zoom and one-third in the office and uh, in the, the showroom or whatever is the more efficient way to design kitchens. We were both around for the beginning of the computer te- technology. 
uh, in uh, in 2020 design, yeah. and we're both around now for the, the transition into. We've been through every phase of this field. We really yeah. have. And, and yeah, and, and our company is, is is quite cutting edge in the fact that we, you know, we're an internet presence first and a place you can stop by and really not at all without an appointment. But um, all right, great talking to you. And good then talk, Mark, we'll edit this up and we'll see what we get. All right, man. Let all me right, know good. when it's up. I'll talk to you. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mainline Kitchen Design Podcast with nationally acclaimed kitchen designer, Paul McElary. This podcast was brought to you by Brighton Cabinetry, high-quality custom cabinetry at competitive prices. For more on kitchen cabinets and kitchen design, go to www.mainlinekitchendesign.com.